Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. <laughs> yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, let's be real. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Uh, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny. And the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball. And if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here. And now, let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat, episode 77 this time, I believe. Thank you for joining us, as always. We really appreciate it. I am Amanda. You can follow me on Twitter, and you should, at awhite7877. You can follow my disquisitive co-hosts, Nick and Ryan, at DCNatShack and at HalfShackCap. You can follow our digital media coordinator, OPT, at One Pursuit Takes, and our blog contributor, Monty, at New Handle here, so make sure you guys go out and follow MDT0618 Good Lord, that's a lot of numbers. And follow the show at Half Street High Heat. What's up, fellas? How's your week? Disquisitive means Ryan and I don't like quizzes. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a fair assessment. Yeah. That was actually a compliment. Every once in a while, I try to like surreptitiously insult you, but this is not one of those times. So inquisitive means you ask a lot of questions. So disquisitive mm-hmm. means you don't ask a lot of questions. No, actually, it sort of means the same means thing as inquisitive. Smart to ask, means you're too smart to ask questions. Sure, we'll go with that. So Virginia- oddly enough, it's pretty much the same as inquisitive. One of those ones that has a different uh, prefix on it, but doesn't really change the meaning very much. Well, I mean, that's just like back ass words. Yeah, for real. It means like someone who's very inquiring or investigatory, which you guys certainly are. That makes no sense. I know. It's a weird one. That's why I picked it. 
because everybody knows the word inquisitive, but nobody knows the word disquisitive. That's dumb. I don't like Yeah. That. Well, take it up with Merriam-Webster. I don't know what to tell you. Who is she? <laughs> I'm writing a letter to her right now. <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. Got to be honest. I have a, you know, I'm suffering from a World Series hangover right now. It's but, not even over yet. I'm, but that game last night. I, I know, I, right? I stayed up for it, and man, was I rewarded. I know. I was like half asleep. And at the end, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I didn't fall asleep and miss this because there's so many people on Twitter this morning like, oh, God, I slept through it. Yeah. I mean, it was like 1230 when the game ended. So, you know, yeah. if you went to bed early, I don't blame you. Thank God it was on a Saturday and not like, you know, the Tuesday night game or whatever. But still, I mean, <laughs> can I said this to Ryan last night. I was like, can you imagine if that game happened you know, last year in front oh of my a, God. Full, a full stadium, one oh, way or another, yeah. whether it's the, obviously you hope it's the Nats, but whether it's the Astros or Nats, can you imagine how hyped that would have been? Or just I, mean, I don't even have a dog in this fight and it was so much fun to watch. Like we don't really have any rooting interest in this game at all. And it was so exciting. I can't even imagine if you were actually a fan of one of the teams. Right. And I loved at the end where they saw Brett Phillips just like running around the, the field. And then at the end where they interviewed him and she's like, you know, the, the sideline reporter was like, so tell us about, you know, how this all happened. And he's like, I don't know. Next thing I just hit it. And the next thing I know, I'm airplaning around the infield. <laughs> but celebrating, ever. celebrating in the outfield, all time power move. Yeah. Yeah. Usually that was you get, amazing. You get the mound, you get home plate outfield next level stuff right there uh-huh but if you've got a hangover already a world series and that's like if you start day drinking in the morning and you got to pass out midday so you can rally for some more drinking in the evening because there's a lot of baseball left to be played you know montgomery davis taylor is a wise man so i'm just taking a page out of his book mm -hmm. you drink and you tweet and you know that was, was the also other thing read because yeah yeah it's exactly because he's also <laughs> a, an avid reader so Shout out Monty. Indeed, indeed. What what happened to Monty's Twitter? Like why 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 does he have a new one? Does anyone well, know? I don't know? I don't know either. The old one is gone, so we use the new one. Monty, hit us up. Tell us what happened. Yeah. The inquiring yeah. minds want to know. Disquisitive minds want to know. Yeah. And I mean <laughs> Anyway. It's been a crazy World Series so far. But I am still really, really pulling for the race. But it's awesome to know it's going to go to Game 7 one way or the other. Yeah. It I mean, what I don't know what the score is right now. Is it 3-3? Three, three? Is that what it is? 3-2. Yeah, this three, thing's two. going to 7. I don't know. My pick was Rays in 6. What did you have? Rays in 7? I had Rays in 7. And you had Dodgers in 7, Ryan? The accurate prediction, yes, I did. <laughs> uh, I still really want the race to win, but you know, you watch these Dodgers; their lineup is just crazy good. It do, it does feel like the uh, the Dodgers are going to win. I mean, but it know, feels like that every game, and then sometimes they don't. So their their bullpen's always why they haven't won like five championships already. Right. If the Rays can get these like magic type postseason moments, the moments like Ryan talked about last week, yeah. Like, if the Rays can get those like they did last night, I mean, I mean the Rays, that's what the Nats did last year. 
I mean, the oh, Astros, yeah. the Astros had the better lineup, but the Nats had the moments. They had the clutch home runs. They had the answers. They had you yeah, know. and even in the division series against the Dodgers, I mean, there were just moments that right. that happened. That yeah, it, it is about the moments, and I don't know it, to see that it was Jansen again last night, though. Oh man, that was some that was some interesting stuff. That guy's got people talk about Kershaw having a postseason curse. I mean. Does anybody have more of a postseason curse than Kelly Jansen? It's hardly even Kershaw, or just Kershaw, I should say. And plus, I mean, you know, he's pitched well, like not, you know, Madison Bumgarner, Steven Strasburg level, but he's pitched very well all postseason. He has. But it's like people, people heap this insane expectation on him. And I actually think you can put as much blame on the manager as you can on the it's pitcher. It's always left in one He's inning too. Always left it's in always two it's long. always the seventh inning. Terrible things happen to Clean Kershaw on the seventh inning in the right. playoffs. And it's the it's third so time through funny. the order. Like just stop leaving him out there. Well yeah. yeah. I mean last year he was brought in in the seventh, so Yeah, well there was that. I remember that game. Thing. What happened? Did something happen? I was there. I remember it vividly. Uh, I know. I'm so jealous that you were there for that. Um but, no, I mean, the Rays did the same thing in game one, and, you know, maybe the Dodgers still won game one regardless, but the Rays were built on their bullpen and, you know, their bullpenning and their, you know, uh, proclivity to pull guys. I mean, they pulled Charlie Morton after, what, 66 pitches in a game seven against the Astros. Because yeah. they, they, you know, and he was dominating. But they left Tyler Glass now in for game one, at 112 pitches, and then he gives up a couple, of, you know, big-time insurance runs. And, again, you know, maybe the Dodgers hold on for that tight lead, but, you know, once they padded it, it was, it was cruising from, from there on. Um, and now, you know, Glasnow's pitching tonight, and he doesn't look nearly as sharp as, as he did game one. So you, you have to wonder if that workload kind of yeah. got to him a little bit. It's a weird decision to make in the, in the World Series to leave a guy in that long. Yeah, and didn't Muncie just hit a bomb? Am I oh, I don't have it on. I'm in another room, and my TV is not in here, so I'm relying on updates from you people. Yeah. Oh, you people. You, you, people. you people. I got a lot of problems with you people. Yeah, confirm Muncie just hit a bomb. Oh. So it's 4-2 Dodgers. Doyos. I thought it was 3-3. Three, three. No, no, it was. I thought it was 3-3, three, three, but it's 3-2. Margot oh, okay. got called out, right? All right, well, go race. All I can say. Yeah. All right. Um, can I get a little bit of a uh, an update on the air fryers? I saw a little chatter on the group chat about what y'all were cooking tonight. Yeah. So the air fryer that I bought myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolute, no respect. <laughs> absolute game changer. Um, I usually cook like I cook like a big old meal on the weekends. Um, sorry. Um, I cook. You no, know, once on the weekends, and this weekend I was feeling Chinese food, so I wanted to make some orange chicken, some white rice. So I mm-hmm. made my own orange sauce, um, cooked the orange chicken in the air fryer, which was a little interesting. Was it uh, just like chunks of chicken breast? Yeah, you like cut up into cubes, toss in like cornstarch and season it, and, like cook. And I was like, well, this is sketch. <laughs> I was like, I have like raw chicken just sitting on this thing, but like 20 minutes later, the chicken was cooked and it was fantastic. Um, but the big appeal was my egg rolls. My God, they taste. Oh, they get the so crunchy in there. Oh, oh good. so good. It came out perfectly. And then today, um, 
I made French toast. I like put them in the air fryer for a little bit just to like top them off, just so it got like a little bit, you know, a little, a little hard, like a little crunchier. You know, I like my toast a little crunchy. Um, and oh, it was fantastic. This has honestly I been have a game changer. Never done French toast in the air fryer, but that is now on my list. Yeah. Of like cook it, cook it like how you normally cook it, but then put in the air fryer on 350 for about four minutes. It'll change your life. Trust me. I just hope you cleaned up the chicken drippings off the tray before you no, put your French toast no, in there. No, 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 no. It'd be like chicken and waffles, but chicken <laughs> yeah, and French toast. You know, that's a great Salmon, orange chicken and waffles. Salmonella is all the craze right now. Uh-huh. Everybody I've loves eaten, them salmonella. Survived. I think I'm good. Yeah. I saw something right at the beginning of all of this COVID stuff. It was just a funny little meme that said, anybody who thinks one person can't change the world never ate fat. <laughs> Fun, the funniest part was that that was RG3 who tweeted that. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. I never. I don't think I ever saw it from him. I most assuredly don't follow him on Twitter, but most it must have made its way around. <laughs> I know. Probably so. All right. So did you cook in yours this weekend, Nick? Some unfortunate events happened. So I was all prepared to make wings tonight, and we, we're still doing Instacart. And, you know, I... What the ingredients oh, I, I didn't have, the ingredients I didn't have, you know, ordered it and, you know, it said delivery at 530. It was like, perfect, you know, put the stuff away. I'll have my, my wings and, and all, all my stuff ready to go. Um, and then they delayed it to 7, 730. So I was, oh. like, I was like, damn, you know, that's a little bit late. But if I, you know, have everything else to go, like ready to go right away, solid. Then they delayed it again to like 8. 830 I was like yeah it's too late so it's too late TBD uh you know it's all ready to go and I, I just I'm feeling did you get the wings did they arrive yes, yes I have okay. everything I have everything so it will I have meals prepared on this week and you know I'm starting simple I'm going wings uh chicken tenders and chicken parm yeah very good but very simple recipes that way I can if anything messes up I can salvage it or you know do a quick pivot before I go to anything too complex with the air fryer. I'm not a master chef like Brian. Chicken parm could be really good because I love a nice crunch on the chicken parm. Me too. Me too. So, and, and I never put the sauce on top of my chicken parm either when I take it out. I do the ramekin on the side with the sauce so I can cut my crunchy pieces of chicken and dip them in the marinara. Because otherwise you ruin the beautiful crunch you just put on it when you cover it in wet sauce. Yeah. You just didn't make it right. <laughs> now, I, I'm telling you. I see it Try I, it with the dippy situation instead of the on top situation. I make a pretty good chicken parm as is, so I'm curious to see how much better or how different it is with the air fryer. I'm looking, I'm quite looking forward to that one. Um, but you know, uh, honestly, you know, pretty disappointed I didn't get, make, get didn't get to make my wings tonight. So that is a bummer. But something to that look forward to. I had gumbo for dinner because I made it last night and let it cook all night long with the chicken and the sausage in it, and then. Let it cook all day until it was ready to eat for dinner, and it was spectacular. Chicken thighs and andouille sausage. I don't like chicken thighs. I hadn't. I didn't realize I got a chicken sandwich from Capital One. Um, I, I can't remember if it was a Caps or Wizards game. It was somewhere on the on the one hundred level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a chicken sandwich, and like the place like like super fancy. So I was like, oh, ch- chicken sandwich sounds good. But then, you know, I ate it. I was like, oh, that was kind of gross. And then I looked up, 
like I went back and looked at the menu to like see what it was. It was the thigh instead yeah, of a breast. Chicken thigh. It was like, oh. See, I'm pretty picky about chicken. Like I don't like any gristly, nasty bits at all or fat on my chicken. So when I do, what I like to do with thighs is I use the boneless, skinless in the gumbo, and I just let it cook like for hours until it kind of falls apart. So all you have is like shredded chicken. Yeah. In there, and it's not like big hunks of stuff, and then I'll just fish out any bits of like gristle or anything but i also trim them really intensely before i put them in there because yeah i'm super duper picky about very gross yeah well if you leave all the crap on it (laughs) it's got a lot of but But, i'm surprised you like wings but not thighs because to me wings i don't like chicken wings they are just like tiny bit of meat and the ratio of like nasty gristle and fat to meat is not worth all right so let's get into it drums better than flats there's no change in my mind. It's I false. don't like either. Flats are better. Oof. No. Nope. No. Drums are better. There's more meat. Um, flats are better because you can eat the entire thing. You don't have like the weird arteries and all the other stuff that's on the drum. Oh, you can eat the bones and flats too. I don't know about you, but I'm built different. <laughs> if this conversation turns to owl pellets, I'm about to get off this call. It's... <laughs> owl pellets. Like they eat the bones. You never had to dissect an owl pellet in school? No, what the hell? Oh, what owls era eat, were you born in? Owls eat like the whole animal, and so they have to digest the bones. So they end up with they, an owl pellet is like uh, so you've been owl di- poop. You've been di- you never had dissecting to... owl poop? Yes. Did you never have to do that? In no, we dissected frogs like a normal class. Fetal pigs? You didn't have to do fetal pigs? What are they even teaching school anymore? I mean, I I went to school in Loudoun County, actually. A goat brain? Yeah, and my and sorry, in biology we did frogs, but then in psych we did a goat brain, and it was amazing. I got hold in my hand. Yeah, I never got to do that. That sounds pretty cool. No, we did pigs and frogs and worms and owl pellets. That was anyway. This conversation took a weird turn. (laughs) Owl pellets. So let's bring it back in since we're talking about food to our Chili's sponsored segment, The Week in Review. Ryan. I was pulling it up. I was pulling it up. <laughs> yes. This Week in Review, as you mentioned, is brought to you in part by Chili's. The Orioles made news quite a bit this week um, as our current GM is under investigation for MLB pension fraud. He is a former Astros executive, which got the story there. But MLB then issued a statement saying he is not under investigation for MLB pension fraud, which is quite interesting because MLB is the one who released the story saying he was under investigation. So not really sure which one it is there. Um, and the Orioles lost their court appeal again um, and have to pay the Nationals $100 million over the ongoing Masson dispute. If you thought this was at the end, you were wrong. The Orioles are going to appeal it again to another court in New York, and they'll probably lose it there. The Orioles are prepared to appeal it again, at which step it will go to the Supreme Court. So if you thought this was going to go away anytime soon, you were wrong. This is never going away. This is going to be the longest battle in our country's history, probably. (laughs) Um, In an interview last week, Rob Manfred noted that all of the COVID rule changes. I just, I just, 
I just erased my note. Give me a second. I was like, wait, where'd it go? Oh, no. Control Z. <laughs> yes, Control Z. Um, in trick. an interview last week, Rob Manfred noted that all of the COVID rule changes, including the extra innings, the DH, and the seven-inning doubleheaders are likely to go back to the status quo in 2021. He noted if any of these rules are going to change, the union is going to have to negotiate for it. Um, they do not want to make any changes considering that the CBA is coming up soon and they don't want to take any chances with making anyone upset and trying to avoid a lockout. Um, the World Series so far has been a fantastic series. The series is tied up at two games apiece and Game 5 is happening right now. The Dodgers are winning 4-2. to two. Game 4 had one of the wildest finishes in recent memory with multiple defensive flops on one play for the Dodgers. The series turns to a best 2 out of 3 going forward as the Rays try to steal a World Series away from the heavily favored Dodgers. Um, this week's this Week in Review is brought to you part by your local neighborhood Chili's. And there are three things that the Half Street High, High Heat crew loves more than anything. That's Chili's, the Nats, and trivia. And guess what? We're doing trivia this week, and you can win some amazing Chili's swag. All you have to do is to be the first person to tweet at Half ST High Heat the correct answer, and you will win. You also must be following the Half Street High Heat Twitter account. Um, so this week's trivia question is, <clears throat> in 2012, the Washington Nationals made the playoffs for the first time since being in D.C. What player had the first hit of the game marking the Nationals' first hit in postseason history? Be the first person to correctly Ooh. tweet us and use the hashtag H-S-H-H trivia, and you can win some amazing swag. Once again, be the first person to tweet us, use the hashtag, follow us, and you can get some amazing Chili's swag. That's a good question. LeBron James. I like that it's something decently obscure. That's a a good one. I was going to go like really, really obscure for this. I was like, ah... I'll find a nice little middle ground. Yeah, this is obscure enough without being absurdly obscure. It's 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 the right balance. Ryan, you should have uh, gone uh, NFL draft, uh, you know, random <laughs> factoid where it's like whose father first left them when they were five years old. Oh my god, the, e- the ESPN updates like plays football at the age of five. Mom was arrested three times by sixteen. Dad left when he was four. Like all this unnecessary information that no right. one needs to know. <laughs> Also, like, how about respect that man's <laughs> privacy? Good Lord. Does everybody need to know every sordid detail of that person's life? Uh, ESPN. Yeah. yeah. Especially during the NFL draft, too. It's like the best moment of their lives. <laughs> I once won Redskins tickets. Um, I'm sorry. What? On a trivia. I'm sorry. Washington football team tickets. Thank they you. were the Redskins at the time. Um, tickets from the sports junkies on a trivia game. An NFL draft trivia, actually. It was a really easy one, though. What it was major they... event does the Washington football team struggle with most? Primetime games. I was going to say NFL <laughs> draft, but yes, <laughs> that, that works, too. Yes. No, the question was insanely easy. It was, when, what year was it when they drafted Jonathan Allen? And it was, like, the day after round one, and the it was a draft trivia, and they said, like, what 
you know, player did the Redskins draft in the first round who has two first names for a name? I'm like, seriously, that's your question in the draft round in the draft trivia is who did the Redskins just draft? That's absurd. Montez Sweat. <laughs> well, not yet. Anyway, but speaking of the NFL, how about them Cowboys? That was pretty good. Best team in the NFC East. Yeah, well, that's a damned with faint praise if I've ever heard any. The NFC East is dismal, but it is always fun to beat the Cowboys, no matter how. I was just watching, I was listening to the game because I was in the car most of the day today, but it was awfully funny to listen to the Cowboys defense make the Washington offense seem competent. I mean, you don't have any Redskins fans here. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's hard. It's hard to remember. I was doing fine until I talked to you. Um, I have a hard time. I slip up with it all the time. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I mean, you have a a Chargers fan, a lifelong Chargers fan, and, you know, Ryan, Ryan, who's just above it all. Well, he's busy. He's not listening to us. I'm built different. I'm always listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because you can literally hear him click his mic, you know, to mute and turn turn it back on. I know. I'm actually impressed by the multitasking. (laughs) He's built different, like you said. Like, yep, I can't concentrate on one thing that well, let alone two. Don't we know it. Don't we know it. All right, let's talk a little bit of Nats bat. We've got just a couple of topics this week. There's not a lot of Nats news. Um, Kevin Long is still with the Nats, which it seemed like he wasn't. And then they reversed themselves and announced that he was only coming back on a new one-year deal. So, yeah, it's like they, they're making too many smart decisions all at once. So they had to, you know. They were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They, they didn't want not- expectations to get too high. There were – this is just really funny because I feel like it's just peak Nats. Um, like when the Nats fired the pitching coach last year, Rosenthal tweeted Nats being Nats just because they have like really weird things that happen with their coaching staffs and they make like really brash decisions. Um, but there are a lot of reports that the team wanted – the players, I should say – wanted Kevin Long back. Um, and they kind of made that pretty clear to Davey that they wanted him back. And so that is what – made Davey make his choice and have him come back. Um, so that kind of says a lot that one, Davey listens to his guys and also that the guys really like Kevin Long for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does kind of like give but... you a bit of an insight into yeah, exactly how things are working there. But my thing is at the same time, right? You can like a coach all you want, you know, Dusty, very likable guy, but that doesn't mean he was the right guy for the job. And we have a, a track record now of Kevin Long not getting the job done. And at the same time, you know, if it's not Soto and it's not Trey, who in the lineup or like who in the clubhouse is, you know, carries enough weight to make that decision or, you know, go to bat for, <laughs> For, for Kevin Long to that extent. Zim, was that a, was that a pun, pun intended on the well, go to bat? I guess I, was, was I wasn't including Zim and Howie just because they're free agents, but y- you know what I mean. Just like, you know, if he's not getting it done, I, I just don't know. But at the same time. Yeah, it was just seemed weird. Like when they, when, when it looked like he was leaving, you were kind of like, oh, I can understand that. Seems like he's well liked, but, you know, right. didn't really get the job done and it made sense. And then all of a sudden they announced he's back. I wonder if 
the all that happened was that they allowed him to go listen to other offers and he didn't get any better offers and so they brought well, him back. Any offers. Yeah, it was like two days, so there's no way he got offers. Yeah, it's a weird that was a weird one. They're so like, we're taking of- we're taking the break. And he was like, okay. And then two days later, they're like, oh, we can't do any better. Come hey, back, hey, babe. Hey, you up. Right. <laughs> There's that 2 a.m. Exactly. text. But yep. You know, we made the joke about it in our group chat. The lineup's gonna suck as is, so it's like, hey, you might as well come back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it just seemed like a strange, a strange way that all went down. Like if they had just never said anything and they had just announced that Kevin Long was coming back, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. It was just the way it happened kind of was eyebrow raising a little bit. Oh, big time. It, it makes, it made no sense, but you know, not much, not much that the Nats do does. So whatever. At times. All right. The other person coming back is Josh Harrison. What do you guys think about that? I like it. I mean, <laughs> we kind of, we, I think we, all three of us here and then as a, you know, general consensus, consensus among Nats fans, we were fine with bringing Josh Harrison back. Whether it was him, Brock Holt, uh, at, like even as Drupal Cabrera in a bench role, not as a starter, but in a bench role, I think most Nats. That's fans... how he gets you, because that's what they said last year. <laughs> fair, so you can't, fair. you can't trust a Drupal Cabrera to be yeah. a bench bat because yeah. then he's then he's your starting third baseman. Then what are you gonna do? True, um, but you know, I think we were all open to that. So the fact that they they liked Jay Hay enough to to bring him back, you know, this early. Uh, I think it says a lot. He seems Aww. like a cool, like clubhouse presence. And, you gave him a cute nickname. Well, that that's nice. actually his nickname. So, <laughs> you know. um, but he seems like a good clubhouse presence, and you know, obviously, we've seen that that carries a lot of weight. Um, so, you know, as long as he is a bench guy and they're not relying on him for major innings at second base or third base or wherever, I, I think it's solid. Yeah, you know, he got the job done when he was called upon last year. Like he was, he was rather bad when he was with the Phillies, and then came here and he played really well. He also has a lot of flexibility defensively, mm-hmm. which is always nice. You know, he can play just about every single position on the field like Brock Holt could, and we knew it was going to be one or the other. Um, and appear well, can't say Pierce because it's very official, and they went with um, Jay Hay. It's a great deal. It was real cheap too. I think it was like one year, one million. So that yeah. Very team-friendly. Does absolutely nothing. It doesn't prevent you from signing literally anyone except for Brock Holt. Um, it's a great move. So now you figure that you have three bench spots down, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it's a good move. Like, you like to have a utility guy on your bench. Yeah, Hopefully and he's that... super utility. I mean, yeah. he really is extraordinarily versatile, and that's always good to have. And you hope that just means a couple other guys aren't coming back because they signed him, and he can play in their role. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit. They still need a lefty off the, you know, in general, but especially off the bench too. But we'll talk about talk about that in a little bit. All right. Well, that was um, our last topic we had listed on the show doc for Natspad. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about who else you think they might bring back from the team or, or from last year's team, or who you think that signing of Josh Harrison might have? meant other than Brock Holt, does that mean anybody else you think isn't coming back? You know, honestly, I could, you know, I don't think it's necessarily the right decision, but I can see them bringing back Doolittle, if we're being honest. If Doolittle, like, has a good offseason and feels right, gets right, whatever, 
you know, I I can't see it. I can see it. You know, he, I don't, I don't sign, know. he would sign for dirt cheap. That's yeah. the only reason why I could see it. Like and, I could see it being like late February right. and they missed out on people and they need someone and they call him and they can get him for real cheap. Um, but other than that, like I feel like that door is pretty much closed. Like it yeah, yeah. it's that door where you close it, but it's not really closed all the way. Like the like, latch oh. is broken and, yeah. and it doesn't and, like, like the wind would just like knock it over. Like, oh dang, do little. Like that's what that is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly how I mean. Obviously, he's not going to be your top um, option in free agency, but do we even have another lefty out of the bullpen? No, nope. which actually I was just about to say you were talking about a lefty bat, but we also are dire need of lefty relief pitching. But I don't know about Doolittle. I just feel like unless he gets way more right than he was last year, like do you even oh, use a sure. roster spot? On him, no, I, even listen, if he's I, cheap. I agree. I'm just saying I see it because, like Ryan said, they're going to miss out on a lot of people, a lot of people. So that that leaves the room or you know the door open for people like Doolittle to return, people like Zim to return. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think Howie Zim's coming back. So that that's all. Speaking I'm speaking of Howie, I'm always happy to speak of Howie. I think the fact that there's no DH next year means how he's not coming back. Like if I, yeah. if there's a DH, they definitely would have signed him. But the fact that there's no DH, it's like stinks. You already have you have your Yay! second baseman of the future up. You have two other people who can play second base. You already have Zem. Like you can't afford to sign another thirty-seven year old. And like it kind of sucks, but like I think because of that he won't be back, and he probably will retire, which is fine because like. You already have the two biggest hits in Nationals history. Like, you're going to be loved forever. I would like to have him back, but I think no DH kind of closes the door on how he hears in that. Do you think if Zim doesn't come back for some reason, if he just decides not to come and yes. play again, that they might bring oh, Howie back they instead? Better. Yeah. They if, if, Zim does, if Zim doesn't come back, I can 100% see them immediately pivoting and signing Howie because I feel like Howie does not want to play anywhere else. So he will either retire or be back on the Nationals. Yeah, I would love to see them sign him to a one-year deal because even though, I mean, the age is in a vacuum, the age scares you, but he's still been, he's still been productive given he's that, a that age. Bench bat. But yeah. That's the thing. The DH probably would prolong him by like, honestly, another three years just because he's a natural hitter. The DH is good for baseball. It's fantastic. Well, he could go sign in the American League. I mean, there's nothing stopping him. He wants to be here. As I say, he doesn't want to go anywhere else. His family's here. He's happy here. Like, he doesn't want to play anywhere else. (laughs) How rare is that to find? I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. Steven Strasburg and Howie Kendrick. That's it. That's the list. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The uh, trick is for them to have kids, have their kids go to school so they don't want to rip their kids out from their uh, friends. That's that's the trick to keeping them. We didn't uh, we didn't talk about Max Scherzer listing his home. Oh, my we didn't. I know, which looks real (laughs) nice. I looked it up in the MLS. (laughs) Are are you his Um, realtor? I I wish I were his realtor. Not only because I'd get to hang out and talk nice to Max Scherzer, but that'd commission. be a nice commission. Yeah, I wish. No, I am not his realtor. But I did look at his house in the MLS system so I could see the pictures, and it's sweet. Not this saying, you can see him online, too. You can see him on Zillow and stuff. But. This is one of those things that, like, doesn't really mean anything, but at the same time, it also 
does. See right. Tom Brady. See, yeah. yeah. Like, Example Tom, is Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady sold his house and took his kids out of school. And everyone's like, oh, that means nothing. And then next thing you know, he bought a house in Tampa. And a month later, he signed in Tampa. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see where the Florida home was, but a lot of people are panicking about this. But a lot of people need to understand he's going to be 35 years old and his contract's going to be up. The chances are that like, he's probably going to be done as a Nat athlete unless he signed like a one-year deal. So like, it's interesting. It's one of those things that's kind of fun to like talk about and freak out about right now. Cause it's the off season. There's nothing else going on, but there's like reports that it wasn't a kid friendly house and that's why they're moving. But then like, if you just want a kid friendly house, you wouldn't buy another house in Florida. But then again, not a lot of players live here full time. Like, most players don't live in their city full time that they play in. It's on them. And I also have to say from a like actual, you know, real estate professional standpoint, aside from the whole fact that he's a baseball player, it's the best seller's market maybe ever, but certainly in decades. Like there are a lot of people who are taking advantage of it to sell their homes right now and I thought, wait, hold on, hold on. buy with the new low rates. Hold on. Side note, side note. I thought it was a buyer's market because interest rates were so so low. Oh, no, 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 no. The interest rates are low, which is great for buyers. But because, well, there's a combination of the fact that um, when the interest rates are low, you have a million people who want to buy, which means the demand is really high. But also the COVID thing thing has made it so that the inventory is much lower than normal. Um, Now is the time of the year when the inventory usually comes down of of homes that are actively for sale. But this whole summer, you had super low inventory because a lot of people don't want strangers traipsing through their homes in the middle of a pandemic. So you had very low inventory and very high buyer demand. So it was an insane seller's market over the summer. It still is, although not quite to the extent that it was. But if you have a high-end home, now is the time to sell it because you are getting multiple offers. People are paying at or above your price. I mean, it's a crazy seller's market right now. So when I first saw that, my reaction was, sure, he's probably not going to be here after next year, but I always expected that. But I expect they're just taking advantage of of a great seller's market for a home they know they're not going to stay in for more than another year or two why not sell it when the getting's good yeah that makes sense you know little realtor insider action right there there you go Um, but it also you know if (laughs) if i'm going to put on my nats homer hat for a second it also kind of makes sense to buy in florida for you know both state tax reasons and Mm -hmm. just weather climate whatever but you know the nats do have spring training in florida so i don't know where they're looking or where they bought whatever but in theory, he gets another month or so, like, with his family because of spring training and whatnot. So, you never know. It could just be in that regard, too. I, I do think, at this point, their Max is going to finish his career with the Nats. I don't know if it's one more year or if he goes a couple years longer than that. It's going to be one-year deals after that. But Yeah, I can't imagine, though, that the Nats are going to want to let him go put on another uniform. Yeah, I don't think so. After everything he's meant to this franchise at this point. Yeah, and I mean, like, after this year, after his deal finishes, yeah, he's going to get, like, a little bit more money just because of his pedigree. But he'll, like, something similar to, like, the Cole Hamels deal, like, one-year, $12 million. And you're not bringing him back to be your ace if he was your ace. One, that's a problem <laughs> if Max right. is still your ace at age 38 or whatever he'll be. Um, 
but two, you know, twelve million million dollars for a number three or number four starter is not bad at all. So, no, they're, they're, it's not bad at all. Uh, and hopefully, we're gonna have Strauss be our ace for a while. Yeah, we can hope. We can hope. I sure hope he's gonna be ready for February. I feel like there's been very little talk about his recovery or what's going on with him. I haven't heard about him. And anything you know, at all and he basically didn't that? play this year you know who, who's the happiest about that steven strasberg <laughs> yes that man is a private individual which is fine i just feel a little bit nervous that he essentially didn't play this entire season i mean they you know trotted him out there to try to see what he could do which i think was a mistake in the first place but he clearly never was right this year so and by the time we get around to february that's a long time to deal with an injury if he's not a hundred percent recovery time too yeah if he's not a hundred percent ready to go for february i'm gonna have my um extreme concern hat on very quickly yeah i mean i will be too but at the same time i don't know i i'm kind of struggling to remember like the details of the injury but if i recall nerve in the hand right yeah that yeah it was like carpal tunnel but if i remember correctly there wasn't really, you know, a case study or a similar injury that we've seen like it. So we don't necessarily know what the timetable is. Yeah. And the fact that we've heard nothing. I feel like wouldn't you have heard at least a little like, hey, his recovery's going great. Can't wait to can't wait to report in February. I don't know. I just and I know he's not the real demonstrative type. Mm-hmm. you know, to talk to the media and all of that. But I don't know. I'll just feel better when we get some kind of an update. And if it's some cryptic Nats update about, oh, it's, you know, just a tweak and we expect he's going to be fine. Like if it's not pretty substantive, I don't know. I'm just, I get nervous because he's, you know, he's had his injury issues in the past. And this has been essentially an entire calendar year where he hasn't been able to play now. I mean, they won the World Series five days from now a year ago well he didn't have a surgery till what like july august well yeah i'm just saying he hasn't really played a lot of baseball since last october like before it was training and then it was you know like trying to ramp up for the season but he didn't really play yeah but you know you got to think about it from the the point of injury or point of you know surgery corrective yeah and i don't know when he actually injured it i mean we have no idea yeah we we do know know. when the surgery was so don't know but if if even if it were in july that's when he did the surgery that's still what five six seven months yeah so it might be closer to the years like year time frame so he might not be ready for the start of the season but that's something the Nats need to be ready for meaning they have to have a good off season which we've stressed time and time again Right. And they need to tell us what's going on because we're curious. The people want to know. Facts. Facts. All right. You guys got any other Nats topics you want to cover? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, let's do our Twitter questions, which we put out a little late today. So I think everyone's watching the World Series. So we only got one question back on this one tonight. Um, it's from our pal at Want Soto. <laughs> I know he says I should say jaunt, but it's Juan, and I'm putting a T on the end, so you get what you get. Who do you think fills the other bench spots after the Josh Harrison signing? Well, we already kind of did that, didn't we? So they're bench right now. Well, we didn't talk about names. I think that's what he's kind of talking about. Yeah. So their bench right now is um, Harrison, Stevenson, Gomes. So you're looking at the fact that they're going to have – one of their infielders is going to be there. 
um, whether that's a backup first baseman or someone who play middle infield and provide power. Either way, that person needs to be a power bat off the bench or Ryan Zimmerman. And then the fifth person will either be another guy who can fill the role of someone who was like a Wilmer Defoe, meaning can play middle infield. Um, Trey Turner needs a backup. Trey Turner oftentimes does not have a backup. And there's a lot of times when he should get a day off, but he doesn't because there's no sufficient backup. So that will be the fifth spot. Um, As for names, um, I feel like Justin Smoke is going to be the Nats platoon first baseman with Ryan Zimmerman. So I feel like he's going to be their lefty off the bench um, because they're probably going to have Ryan Zimmerman in the starting lineup. So he would be that. And then for the infield up the middle guy, I know Nick wants uh, Scooter, but I'm Scooter. not. I don't have the Scooter. list up in front of me right now, so I'm not 100 certain who would be able to fill that role. Honestly, I don't know. I know he's a free agent, but I don't know what he's going to command. And he was playing center field this year, but Jonathan VR is kind of like an interesting name. He's a second baseman, center fielder. I would love him. Yeah, like you know, he may not have a permanent spot in the Nats, but one, we need an outfielder. To you know, maybe he can. F- Trey's our starting shortstop, and he's going to play if he's healthy a majority of the games. He just needs a, you know an off day here and there. So if VR can fill in for you know ten to twenty games at short, you know, plus he's you know a solid what three WAR guy, you know, I, I why not you know throw him in the outfield even if it's not phenomenal defense, throw him in the outfield and let him back up Trey and let him fill in at second. Kind of just play everywhere. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I am curious who else they sign at catcher if y- if Gomes is the bench bat or if they don't sign anybody better than him and he's not the bench bat. You know, I say he's the bench bat, but I have a really bad feeling they're just going to sign Alex Avia to split, split it and Gomes is going to be the starter, which, like, I like Gomes. That's fine, but I just want them to get – McCann or someone like that who can actually hit and benefit the lineup, but I'm keeping my expectations rather low for this one. Yeah, it'd be nice if they had someone that actually, you know, was an impact bat from the catcher position instead of just, you know, someone who could it's fill also, fill the you know, spot. But in, in their defense, it's hard to find. It is hard to find. I mean, we should know better than most. <laughs> yeah, we've had the the catcher travails of this team are pretty legendary. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it'll be, it's a good question, and it'll be interesting to see how it, it shakes out. I'm super ready for the off-season moves because it's always so much fun. Oh, I love the off-season. Um, but, you know, if they do go for a more traditional backup to Trey, Jose Iglesias plays gold-glove defense, a gold-glove caliber defense, and he's, like, okay offensively, but I'm pretty sure he's only a shortstop, so I don't know. Yeah, Rizzo does He's tend to guy. go for guys with the versatility as he right. likes to and be it, But to. it also makes more sense from a bench guy because, like, again, Trey, if healthy, is going to play a large majority of the games. Right. So you don't and need... he's been super durable other than, you know, broken bones once in a while. <laughs> right, from poor bunts. But, you know. If he never bunts again, it'll be too soon. It's a solid bench bad option. You can get him for, you know, one year, three million. Yeah. 
And I'm fine with them doing something like that as long as they, they say, okay, we're being super frugal in these spots because we're going to go out and sign a huge bat to put behind Juan Soto in the lineup. Mm-hmm. I'll be fine if they say, hey, this is how we need to allocate our resources. But if they just do all of these, you know, cheap kind of middle of the road, mediocre moves, and then they don't go get that bat, I'm going to be pissed. So, you know, hypothetical time. And I've seen a couple of Nats fans put it out there. And I, you know, I have my thoughts, but I'll see what you guys think. What if, you know, the Nats miss out on the top free agents like they probably will, but they do make these kind of middle of the road supplementary moves to fill in. And your new starting third baseman for the 2021 national season is uh, Justin Turner. Complete disaster of an offseason. They would be absolutely terrible. You think? Yeah. They would be absolutely terrible. I'm not denying the the offseason part. Because if you're prized prized free agent signing is Justin Turner, something you're, you're like prized free agent ter- signing is a 37 year old who plays who bats second. It's bad. Um, things went very very wrong. Yeah, I, anybody who's of that age, you know, this team needs to get younger. I mean, they just we're turning into like we'd be turning into a home for 35 plus baseball players. It's like retirement community for baseball players. All right, Justin Turner or Pablo Sandoval? Oh, Pablo, Justin Pablo, Turner. Pablo all day. He's Justin Turner. <laughs> no, Pablo Sandoval, please. I can't do it. I mean, he had meaningful at-bats for the Braves in the playoffs, so. Yeah. He must be good. <laughs> so is that how that works? Yeah. <laughs> yes, this equals that. Yeah, no no Sandoval for me. Thank you so, very much. I'm all good on that. Think, uh Michael A. Taylor is better than he is just because he hit a home run in the World Series. Yeah. Well, it was interesting to see the reaction. We didn't even – I mean, we talked about the fact that he was leaving, but the reaction from the fan base was sort of not surprising exactly, but, like, interesting to me. That, Like I said, there's nothing – you can't say anything bad about Michael A. Taylor as a person. He seems like he was well-liked and everybody had great things to say about him. But I, I just feel like the – the the fan base seems to think of him as having been much more impactful than he was. I got into an that argument with someone in, of all places, the comments on Bleacher Report. Oh. Yeah, that, that's a new low for me. Yeah, um, I was going to say, slumming, are you? <laughs> but, you know, it was the day that it was announced that he was, I'm going to say released because that's much more fun to say. Uh, he wasn't released. It was exactly. the day that Michael A. Taylor was released. And, oh, you know, so I, hateful. I was commenting on that, that article and got into it with someone. He's like, he basically implied that, no, he, he did imply that the Nats would not have won the World Series without Michael A. Taylor. <laughs> what? That was, that was just too much for me. It was, it was too much. I, I took the bait. I, it might have been bait, but it definitely seemed like he was serious. You done got trolled. It was, it was too much. And I, you know, I, I took it and I, I had to set the record straight. Yeah. Sorry, I missed that. I don't spend a lot of time in the comments on Bleacher Report. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's a dark place. It is a dark, dark place. Yes. All right. Excellent. Um, do we have any other Twitter questions that have come in since we've been on recording or worst tweets of the week or anything we want to share with the folks? I couldn't find a worst tweet of the week. Um, I went through. There wasn't anything too bad. We're kind of like 
the calm before the storm for Twitter right now. Yeah, wait till the off season. Yeah, it's yeah. just everyone's kind of just focusing on like Halloween's coming up. Everyone's watching the World Series and other sports, and everything. No one's really like into it, so there's no like crap that's spewed on the interwebs. So give it a couple weeks. Once like the like the hot stove started, it'll be ooh, it'll be beautiful. Ooh. Yeah, and actually, you know, it would have been fun, and I wish we had thought of it. Maybe if the Dodgers lose the World Series, we can do it next week, was the reaction from Dodgers Twitter last night after the game was hysterical. Oh, I went out and just was checking out some of the Dodgers hashtags and stuff. It was absolutely hilarious to watch them all melt down. I can't imagine what I would have done if that was like, if the Nats were the Dodgers last year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I would have handled that either, but it was so damn funny. <laughs> it was bad. Um, just a quick wrap up. I two two right now. Ray, or the the Dodgers are are winning four to two, but what's the World, inning? Uh, bottom seven. Um, okay. But World Series MVP update. If it's if the Dodgers win, I think it has to be Corey Seager. I mean, Fair. Justin yeah. Turner, Max Muncy having phenomenal years or, <laughs> or uh, series. Um, but Corey Seager has been next level stuff. Um, if it's the Rays, I mean, a Rosarena. But it's got to be right. But, you know, I, I basically, you know, it brought this up to, to toot my own horn. Yandy Diaz batting 364 with a OPS of 1007. So. You know, my preseason World Series MVP pick, should the Rays win, not too far off. Yeah, I can see there. Yeah, I guess it depends on how these last couple of games play out. For sure. I mean, Kiermaier also very deserving, but Arena is the guy should the Rays win. But yeah, I'm just saying if there was like a runner up uh, for the Rays, Yandy Diaz right there. Yeah, for sure. And and had a Rosarena's you know performance not been so over the top, then he would be the obvious choice. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Kind of like uh, Steven Strasburg and Juan Soto. If things had gone the way I predicted, then my predictions would be right. Well, that's deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next yes. Time- if, if things the, if had things, happened the way I said they would, the then the things I said just, would happen would have right. happened. If the things can <laughs> just happen the way I think they will happen, then I will be more right going forward, and I would very much enjoy that. I feel as though I would enjoy that. I feel as though I'm as right as I would be if those things if had things happened. happened. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yes. See, Amanda, you're, we're, we're connected right now. Mind meld. I know where you're going yeah, with that one. We're on the same wavelength. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. All right. Anything else before we get out of here? Nope. I'm good. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening as always. We really appreciate it. You should follow all of us on Twitter. I gave you our handles, but I'll do it one more time at a white seven, eight, seven, seven at DC Natchak at half shack cap at one pursuit takes at get yourself a pen MDT zero six one eight one eight one five and at Half Street High Heat. Make sure you check us out and tweet us your answer so you can win yourself some sweet chilies swag. I'm gonna have, have a good change, week, guys. I'm going to change my handle in this next I'm week. I'm built different. To throw you off. Oh, that would throw me off. Yeah. I have to, I have them written down so that I can, and I usually don't need it anymore, but with Monty's new one, I'm going to have to 
have it in front of me for a while at the same time your handle hasn't changed in like and i can't remember it half the time and you mess it up you know 50 percent of the time so i'd say it's in fairness more like 30 percent of the time there's no need to be harsh (laughs) (laughs) 50 percent in 2020 yes well maybe it's almost (laughs) is it still 2020 for a little bit longer for now a little bit longer looking forward to 2021 2020 can get bent (laughs) It's not going to change. I know, I know, but let us let us have our dreams. I guess we'll record again. Go vote. Yes, go vote. It's that time. All right, later. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause has passed the wall to see you. Later, let's go, Nats. We've got a game to play. We're gonna win today. Let's go, Nats. We're gonna score for score. We're gonna win for sure. So call your local congressman. We need another monument. The Nats are rolling on the wind. We're holding D.C. Let's go, Nats. By the early light of dawn, well you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are and bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Let's go Nats We've got a game to play, we're gonna win today Let's go How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.